all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Hello. <laughs> This is Howard Cosell. We're standing on the edge of one of the narrowest gaps in the Snake River Canyon in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, Sunday, September 8th, 1974. We will witness an attempt by Evil Knievel himself to jump this narrow stretch of the American landscape on ABC's Wide World of Sports. And I'm Rachel. And this is All Bad Things. What are you doing? I just thought I'd throw a curveball. You sure did. You didn't know what to do with that, did you? No. I thought you were doing it accidentally. Like, sometimes you just forget how we function. No. No, I was doing that on purpose. Okay. I just thought it would be different. Okay. And fun. Well, so we have Howard Cosell (laughs) and Rachel. Yes. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> Follow us Insta, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Twitch at All Bad Things Pod. Email us allbadthingspod at gmail.com. Join our Facebook discussion group and our Discord. Do all of those things. So you just wanted to do your Howard Cosell voice. Basically, I don't know how good it was or bad, but I'm sure a lot of people listening don't even know who the hell Howard Cosell is. He was a legendary <laughs> sportscaster, yes. was he not? Who very famously said up whether it was inadvertent or not. Very racist thing once. <laughs> Probably was on purpose, but yeah. it was the 1970s. Like, yeah. nobody really cared. <laughs> no, it was pretty controversial, even for I the understand. time. Yeah. But imagine anybody even trying to say anything close to that um, today. They'd be Would, fired. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I, I... This is my Howard Cosell impersonation. Let's see. Uh, can you're, I... You're going to do Can that. I try oh, it? Sure. I, I wrote it specifically for the episode. All right. This, says Howard Cosell, was standing on the edge of one of the narrowest gaps in the Snake River Canyon in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, Sunday, September 8th, 1974, we will witness an attempt by Evil Knievel himself to jump this narrow stretch of the American landscape on ABC's wild, wide, not wild, wide world of sports. That was probably better than mine. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, It's hard. It's actually kind of hard to get his cadence down. Yes. Yeah. I only know who Howard Cosell is from having watched The Odd Couple because he was a guest star on several episodes. I thought you were going to do The Odd Couple thing. Oh, no, that was, that was Felix. The, I understand, but yes. I thought that's what you were going to do. Yeah, the, just as Howard Cosell. I love it. No, 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 no. He's scrambling. He's scrambling with the dexterity of a lizard. Oh, no gain on the play. But a lesson to us all. <laughs> love that. I know you do. I love that scene. You know I do. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. And then um, Cosell's, that was Oscar Madison telling you everything he knows about sports. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> but anyway, before we actually get into the episode, we have preamble. We do. We do have preamble. Um, first off, what are we drinking tonight? I am drinking my usual. Yep. National. Local, local. beer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am You're drinking something new. Yes, yeah, something you got for me. The uh, Sunny Little Thing Citrus Sweet Ale by Sierra Nevada. Or Pretty do you good. think he would have said Nevada? 
Sierra Nevada. Sierra Nevada, yes. Not I, Nevada. I don't say I don't say ne- Nevada or Colorado. I say Colorado and Nevada. Fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I love how every time you do research, you're like ready to go with the topic. <laughs> And you look at me impatiently at everything else I say. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. Yeah, but we have some business <laughs> yes, from do. last week's episode to attend to. Yes, so uh, we have a bunch of Dale Earnhardt fans in our listenership. So, um, as well as any listenership would, because there are just yeah, Dale Earnhardt just, fans everywhere. Right? Yeah. Um, and so we had several people. Um, chip in some very interesting information regarding our episode, especially considering we knew very little about the Yeah, I, 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 I have not listened to the episode, so I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly what I said. So I may or may not have claimed to just know the periphery of NASCAR, and like that's kind of it. Uh-huh. So I, I did see one of the Facebook uh, posts you're about to read, and I'm like, when I saw that number and who it belonged to, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like that's who it fucking, uh-huh. I'm like, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that came up a couple times. Yeah. So, so Matt, who wrote the script, mm-hmm. gave a, a good long post that talked about, um, uh, and it, there is a trigger warning for some graphic stuff about how Dale died. So, um, so remember how we were speculating whether his mother was still alive? Yes, she did pass away. Okay, Christmas Day of last year. Oh, okay. so just within the past few months. Wow. So. Um, Jimmy Johnson, the racing driver, is not Jimmy Johnson, the football coach. Uh, he was number 48, not 43, which was Richard Petty. Mm-hmm. That's he, what I screwed up. I was like, once you put that in there, I'm like, of course 43 was Richard Petty. I'm like, I knew that. Gotcha. But whatever. Um, he is also from El Cajon, California, not Florida. So he's not a Florida boy. Uh, so unfortunately, David, you were wrong he, on both I counts. Said, I thought I said he was from California. I think I may have said he Did was you? from Florida. I think it's possible. Yeah. Okay. And I only bring it up because you specifically asked. That's fair. Um. So regarding uh, his estate, all of Earnhardt's assets went to Teresa. It was, in fact, Teresa herself who managed all of the business and marketing aspects of Dale's life. So he was like her yeah, his remember, business manager. Yeah, prior. I remember that that was a big uh, deal after his death. Okay, who's gonna get who's gonna get that? So without being able to know <clears throat> for certain, it's likely that Teresa herself was the one who drew up Earnhardt's will, or at least had a lot of input into it. I sure. guess. Um, and while certainly he'd have, oops, sorry, Facebook, if you one errant click. Um, all right. Uh, so Earnhardt would have had to sign it, obviously. We don't know exactly what the situation looked like other than to rely on words of people who knew Earnhardt well, who insist to this day that DEI, that was Dale Earnhardt Inc., right? Incorporated, yeah. Yep, was built with the idea that Dale Jr. would carry on his father's racing empire after he retired. So um, that never came to fruition as Teresa refused to relinquish any of her control and ultimately led to the undoing of the business and relationship with her stepson, Dale Jr. Um, and then Matt goes on also speaking for myself only, she was undoubtedly traumatized by the death of her husband and the ensuing public spectacle and court proceedings. There's no right way to grieve and it's arguable. She never even had the chance to do so. The team she suddenly owned had to be back at the racetrack five days later. While a lot of people have feelings about her today and how she let uh, it get to this point, I personally do not. 
She chose to hold on tightly to whatever was left of her husband's legacy. That was her decision, and life goes on. Well, yeah, if if she was legally entitled to that decision, then absolutely. Um, Rachel actually hit... I like this part because it's like, oh, Rachel was right. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when I'm right, which doesn't, doesn't right? happen Who often. Doesn't, right? <laughs> oh, that's not uh, true. When discussing what Kenny Schrader told Michael Waltrip in Victory Lane, Kenny told Michael... Quote, I've seen Dale and it's not good. Mm. Quote. While it's likely that Kenny knew beyond a shadow of a doubt just how bad it was, he refused to be the one to say it out loud. Sure. And he's also not a doctor. So no. He was going to let the, yeah, the doctors and medical professionals do that job and he chose to tell him, uh, tell those that asked him exactly that. It's not good. <coughs> Excuse me. Cold's getting better, but it's not gone, so... All right, so essentially, and this is where the trigger warning comes in for a little bit of graphicness about Dale Earnhardt's injuries. He was essentially internally decapitated. Mm-hmm. Um, the base of Dale's skull. I don't remember if I mentioned that or not. I don't think I did. I suggested it. Yeah. I suggested it sounded like an internal decapitation, yeah. and he said it was. The base of Dale's skull snapped yeah, away from his spinal column on impact. Yeah. Just so it, it was. As quick as see mm-hmm. the wall, lights out, gone. He never felt a thing. Okay. Um, now that gets to, oh my goodness, Facebook fucking sucks sometimes, this app. I swear to Christ. I still have two group quality updates that I click on and it says, sorry, can't show you this. I'm like, oh, why would you want to show the, the moderators? What's wrong? Uh, okay. Um, what Kenny Schrader saw when he looked in Dale's car when the skull snapped away from the spine on impact, the blood in Dale's head had no way to return to his heart, leaving it to find other paths to follow its pull by gravity. I'll let you do on the math on your own on how that would have looked, but all the blood in his brain had to go somewhere. Yeah. And they basically just tried to resuscitate him sure. just, just because, to try. like to try. Yeah. And he technically still knowing, had a heartbeat. Knowing it was pretty yeah. futile. Similar to the JFK assassination where mm-hmm. he still had a heartbeat upon arrival. Yeah. It's like, hey, this is a VIP. We at least have to try. Well, or like, like there's a heartbeat, but there's yeah. nothing in the brain going on. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Even if they had, well, they're not resuscitating him, but if somehow they had revived JFK because JFK's, you know, didn't Part suffer an internal is, decapitation, yeah, no. but he would have literally just been a vegetable for the rest of his yeah, life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as, here too. Yeah. Although, if you're you're, not putting somebody's, you're literally not putting somebody's spine back on. No, no, it's not not happening. happening. (coughs) Um, And if it does happen, that's like some Doctor Island of Doctor Moreau type shit. Right? Yeah. (laughs) I don't. I hope that's not. I hope somebody's not working on on that. Jeez. Without anything but like a donated cadaver. Right. Work on those all you want to. Jeez. Um, thank you, David and Rachel, for doing this episode, and I hope my work and effort was satisfactory. It was well beyond satisfactory. Well done, Matt. It was great research, and those were super helpful, um, well, corrections slash clarifications. Sure. So that was, that was nice, and that was nice that Matt uh, decided to share that on Facebook. So thank you. And join our Facebook discussion group if you haven't already, and if you're a Facebook person. Not everybody is for... Good damn reason good that app is bucky as fuck. <laughs> but anyway, thanks, and, uh, thanks Zuckerberg. Yes, and as promised, we will get to your script eventually. <laughs> yes, as Matt learned, it may be two years later, but we might we be three did. years later. It could be. <laughs> 
But as long as you Could have, be. but as long as you have not heard the capitalism episode, which you all know <laughs> is our final episode. That's our cue. If you have not mm-hmm. yet heard that episode, that means there's still a very good chance, a 100% chance, we will get to your script. Yes, yes. We, we will have to do every listener script before we end the pod. Yes. For sure. And if you want a listener script, I will... <laughs> should we take a picture of the stack and <laughs> put it on... We should take a picture of the stack. <laughs> yeah. But the shitty thing is people have requested scripts that I still haven't given them. They're because in there Because I have somewhere. to go through that pile. <laughs> but I'm going to do that soon because redoing this room, I want to make sure... I'm going to share pictures of our new studio once it's all done because I'm very happy. Once it's all studious. Yeah, it's getting there. It's very studious. It is very yes. studious. It's nice. So, And the cabinet is gone. <laughs> yes, it is fucking thing it took forever but anyway yeah so howard cosell yes so this was now you had shared the topic of this Mm -hmm. um with me uh which uh, now i've decided to do just in case somebody wrote a script for it yes because that that happened happened. because that happened twice in a row yes uh (laughs) uh-huh that's right that's right if we hadn't mentioned on the previous episode that we may do Dale Earnhardt and Matt hadn't heard. And Matt wasn't still... Imagine he wrote that two years ago. Imagine if he wasn't listening anymore. He's like, I give <laughs> up never, on these fools. And never like... Mm-hmm. And then you come across it someday. And it would I'm be like, like, oh, God, no. <laughs> so, yeah, they, that's... So the surprise the surprise <laughs> might be done from here on out. Because you guys have written a lot of scripts and we still have... yes. And I've a stack done, of scripts but we haven't even gotten to. And I've done so badly at keeping track of them. I need to fully organize that shit. And with my ADD, that's not likely, but I will do my best soonish. It's likely to have it organized in an ADD type structure. Yes, which is to say not very. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so this was broadcast on the wide world. I keep wanting to say wild world. Well, we are going to get into that later. Okay. It's a little bit murky how this winds up on... ABC's Wide World of Sports. Okay. And the the Howard Cosell thing was literally just a gag. Like, he did not broadcast this event. By the way, oh, this, he is, didn't. this is the Snake River Canyon jump. Okay. By one evil Knievel. Yes. Correct. The reason I thought of this is when we were doing the episode of, on the Corvair and we yes. started talking about, because I did listen to that episode. Uh-huh. Um, we started talking about like going through the jungle and right. somehow Evil you Knievel's Evil name Knievel, right? came yeah. up. Uh-huh. I don't remember what the context was. Yeah. But, and I remember thinking about it then. I'm like, like all of his jumps qualify for for an all bad thing? <laughs> like, like pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and he lived through all of them. So it's a, you know, it's a happy ending. Miracle so sort yeah, of a so thing. to speak. And yeah. a lot more fun than the episode we did last week. Yeah. Which was a, the death of a a, tr- uh, a legend. Yes. Yeah. Well, what I think is really interesting. I was going to say a superstar, but yes, you're correct. He's, a legend. He's a yeah. legend. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think he what's is interesting is that from the Darien Gap episode, the Dale episode, and Evil Knievel, they straight. Only almost make like a little trilogy. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. About. Um, it's like the Star Wars uh, sequel trilogy, only better. <laughs> Way better. Only no if Jar Jar Binks. If only we, no, that's the prequel trilogy. Oh, sorry. I, I said the sequel You trilogy. said the sequel trilogy. Yes. Sorry. So there are other... I didn't mind things. the sequel trilogy. Well, we'll we won't get yeah, into that. We will that's not. Okay. We will not. So yes, this is the Snake River Canyon jump. Okay. And... Is 74? 1974. Okay. Yes. So before I was born, before you were born, before I'm sure... 38 years ago. Before I'm sure a lot of our listeners were born. Right. Um, 48 years ago. 
48. Jesus yes. Christ. Sometimes I forget that the know, 70s are now 50 years I ago. It sucks. Oh, God. Really bad. <laughs> really, it sucks Especially a lot. Especially when you're born in the 70s. I mean, the 80s, you have to go back a minimum of 33 years just to get back to 1989. Oh, God. So everyone born in the 80s is, is going to is hit their, their 40s their within 30s. the next eight years. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. We're so fucking old. We're all so fucking old. <laughs> and if you're young, don't worry, you'll get here one day. Yes. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. Well, yes, that's I true. mean, depending. <laughs> all things considered. <coughs> but yes, I wanted to do this one because in my... This jump, specifically. Yes, in my opinion, this is probably his most famous one. Okay. Um... That's kind of hard to, to gauge. I mean, all yeah. of his all of his jumps had a, a relative amount of fame. Right. I feel that this is the one that's probably most the well most known? talked about. Okay. I would say, and probably what well, I would also say most well known because of the the it's this is just fucking nuts. Uh, are we gonna <laughs> talk about Snake River Canyon? Because yeah, a okay. little bit, not okay. a, not a whole bit. Because I would a, like to chip into that yes, since I've absolutely. been there. Yes, I was gonna give you uh, space. Mm. Because I Thank have not been much. there, and I would love, mm-hmm. after doing the research on this, I'm like, we'll go there man, one day. I want to go here. We'll go there one day. Because the, the, the canyons are so deep, too. Oh, yes. It's, it, it's gorgeous. It looks gorgeous. It is fucking gorgeous. It looks scenic as fuck. Yes. I definitely want to take an Uber to a spot, um, eat a 50 milligram gummy bear, and just fucking <laughs> no, look at shit. No, you may want to jump. <laughs> no, 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 no. I won't do that. Hell no. And just look at things. <laughs> just look. Yes. Look at the sky. Look at the look colors. At the, yes. Okay, absolutely. It'd be That's like, it'd be like my TV. Yes. It'd be like my own personal TV just in real life. Because oh. I've, I've never been to this part of the country, so I don't. And yeah, you haven't really seen what, especially, the West much. Especially playing the Horizon Zero Dawn games. A mm-hmm. lot of it takes place in mm-hmm. the Rocky Mountain region and the. Mm-hmm. And it looks fucking beautiful, and I've just never it been there. It is beautiful. Yeah. It is beautiful. So one day. Like you said, there's no reason we can't just... Do, you know, we'll do a road trip yeah, one day. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, we're not going to... We're going to try to focus on this one particular event. Not we're gonna, just we're all gonna, of Evil Knievel's yes, jumps. Yes, because literally they could all qualify. We, yep. we might want to do another episode on... <laughs> we'll just do the whole series. Yes, it's, it, he's, he's like the city of Cleveland. <laughs> It's just an endless like, Did he supply. ever do a jump in Cleveland? He might have. He, he very well might have. Evil Knievel in Cleveland. Evil Knieveland. Knieveland. <laughs> so, on September 8th, 1974, a Sunday, okay. Evil Knievel would attempt to jump a certain section of the Snake River Canyon mm-hmm. as his latest stunt for ABC's The Wide World of Sports. Now, jump in a motorcycle? Was that his? We, oh, oh, okay, we will, we'll get to we that. We'll get to that. Okay. The thing he jumps in is a whole other... Oh, Jesus Christ. ...is its own section. So this appearance on the show would be Knievel's fourth in less than a year, with three of his previous jumps being successful ones. Oh, okay, so he was coming off a streak of successes. Mm-hmm. Not well, all of his jumps were successes. <laughs> they were not. No, they were not. By this time, he had jumped across 50 stacked cars, Okay. 11 Mack trucks, and just for good measure, 13 Mack trucks, marking three very risk- risky and also successful yeah. stunts on the show. Now, are these trucks end-to-end? Yes, correct. N- not side-by-side? Correct. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. no, 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 no. No, I... side-by-side, not end-to-end. Correct. Because that would be so That would much be very longer. long. Okay, yeah. yes. That doesn't seem physically possible, so okay. Correct. Okay. 
side so, to side. Yes. So all three stunts, plus two others, including the one we're discussing, remain in the top 20 in ratings in the show's long history. Really? Still? Yes. Well, no. I mean, the, show, not, the show's been gone. off the air for a long yeah, time. Yeah, okay. But in so the show's run. Draw, so that's why oh, yeah. they they would air him. Yeah. Um, man, I did forget to put... I believe Wide World of Sports has like a show lasted for like 40 years, something like that. Like from long when to time. when? I would say like the... I would say like the early 60s to probably like early 2000s. Really? Okay. Somewhere in there. And did it air on Sundays? Wide World of Sports? It sounds like It aired for like special events. Sort of. Saturdays and that okay. kind of, you know, that kind of thing. So but it wasn't like a weekly program? It was special presentations? I think so, for the most part. Okay. Of ABC. Yes. Okay. So Robert Craig Evil. <laughs> Robert Craig? That's mm-hmm. his real Robert name. Craig Knievel. Was born, oh, wait, wait, Knievel is his real last name? It is, yes. Oh. Was born in Butte, Montana on October 17th, 1938. Oh, wow. I thought would have thought he was a lot older than that, but no. No, he's, that. that's kind of what I that's figured. That's my I'm grandmother's like, age. It's, my, it's just a couple years older than my dad. Yeah, yeah. Who's still kicking around. Yes, he is. <laughs> Doing well. Yes, he is. Uh... He is famous as an American stunt performer and entertainment and entertainer who over the course of his career would attempt attempt being the keyword. Yes. More than 75 ramp to ramp motorcycle jumps. Ramped. Okay, yes, gotcha. At the age of 8, uh, he attended his first motorcycle stunt show and was hooked on performing his own stunts from then on. So he started doing <laughs> stuff on like like, like his BMX tricycle. Yes, basically back yeah. then. Yeah. He first gained national fame on March 25th, 1967, when he successfully jumped over 19 cars in wow. Ascot Park in Gardena, California. So he was 19. Yes. And jumped 19 yes. <laughs> cars. Or no, actually, uh, no, he's 29 here. Oh, oh, wait. And ni- he's born in 1938. This wait, is 1967. Yes. Okay. Sorry. It's a good thing I'm not in accounting or anything. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good thing you're not doing taxes right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's twice you've been wrong on a number. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's why you use a calculator, folks. So each attempt thereafter would come with an increase in risk and spectacle, of course. So he, even though he was doing it for a long time, he really didn't come into the public eye until he was almost 30. Correct. Okay. And this is, again, this is at a time when there isn't media all over yep. the place. So like it'd be he's kind of hard to, and extreme sports aren't really much no, of a thing. Not at all. Surfers maybe. Skateboarding a bit. doesn't barely yeah. exists mm-hmm. at this time. Skateboarding mm-hmm. is literally in its infancy. There's no X Games. Nope. There's not even close. Yeah, not even rollerblading. Nope. Roller skating, yes. Yes. Not uh-huh. rollerblading, no. And people aren't doing many stunts on roller skates. I would say, <laughs> uh, I would say maybe the most extreme sport at this time is probably surfing. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like yeah. it, that's that came out as sort of like an yeah, extreme sport. Still is. Yeah, I would well, consider it an extreme sport for yeah, sure. Yeah, me too. I mean, the the what people can do. Yeah. Not just plain run of the mill, like uh, amateurs. <laughs> yeah, surfing, not necessarily. Not like what I tried. <laughs> <laughs> they can do other things. <laughs> you caught a you caught a couple waves. I got up a couple times, mm-hmm. which I was. It's definitely the most tiring thing I've ever had to fucking do. And you were do. sore the rest of the week. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of paddling, a lot yeah. of uh, mm-hmm. a lot of swimming, a lot of uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was fun. I would definitely do it again. Yeah, worth trying. Yes. So now we are on to the Snake River. Ooh, yes. 
So the Snake River is one of the largest rivers in the northwestern part of the United States. It spans a length of 1,078 miles. Wow. Or 1,735 kilometers. Mm -hmm. From its source to its mouth and is the largest tributary of the Columbia River. Oh, okay. The drainage basin of the Snake River covers parts of six states and was created due to huh. massive glacial retreat flooding from the previous ice age. Oh, wow. The glacial retreat flooding formed cliffs, canyons, and waterfalls, which can be found in the middle and lower part of the Snake River. The Snake River begins from the western side of Wyoming and flows across the Snake River Plain in the southern part of Idaho. The river then flows along, along the Oregon-Idaho border before entering the state of Washington and finally pouring its water into the Columbia River at the Tri-Cities the Tri-Cities mm -hmm. in Kennewick, Pasco, Richland, and West Richland. So even so though there's four I, so cities, I'm not it's considered sure. the Tri-Cities? So I'm not sure why they don't just call it the Quad Cities. Maybe maybe, they, maybe, maybe one of them's unincorporated I'll or something. I'll bet you we have a Pacific Northwest listener who can answer that. <clears throat> yeah. But I had to read that like that's three weird, times. Yeah. I was like, that's one, two, that's four. But where are what? these cities like located? Are these in Canada or are they... No, no, no. This is in Washington. Washington. Okay. Yes, Washington State. Gotcha. It is the 13th largest river in the United States and its watershed is the 10th largest covering 108,000 square miles. Wow. It's watershed, um, so that's a land area that channels rainfall and snowmelt, creeks, mm -hmm. rivers, streams. Yep. All the little secondary waterways. Exactly. Yeah. And feeds yep. mm -hmm. all sorts of... Irrigation mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Very important things yes, uh -huh. that we're destroying. Yep. Yep. Because why Congratulations. Not? Yes. We so, did it, humans. <laughs> we did it. So, um, so the watershed also covers parts of Utah and Nevada. So that you have sense, yeah. Utah, Nevada, Washington... Idaho. Wyoming. Wyoming. What was the other one? Montana. Oregon. Oregon. So the most significant part of the Snake River watershed is between the Columbia Plateau on the northwestern side and the Rocky Mountains on the east. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit of a history on the, the Snake River. So what did you experience when you went? Where, where were you? Okay. So I was driving. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this. Yeah, I'm positive I mentioned this. Um, I moved to Portland from Raleigh for six days once. And drove across the country. People who now live in Portland were like, that was a good idea <laughs> to just to just turn right around and leave. So I uh, I drove out there and then unexpectedly drove back. Um, so on the way out there, I went with my dad. We had a whole route planned, visited family. We went through Ohio and Illinois, not the most direct route, right? We saw the Badlands of South Dakota. We went through Montana, the upper part of Idaho, went to Seattle and down to Portland. On the way back, I was just trying to get home as fast as possible, right? So I Google mapped, and this was before I had a smartphone, so I just printed out the... <laughs> the actual like driving instructions, but it was still like Google map days and took the most direct route from Portland to, to Raleigh and that or Fuquay at the time, technically. But um, when I did that, the first stop, so I broke the trip up into essentially four, eight hour driving day, five, eight hour driving days. It was like a 40 hour drive. Pretty smart way to do it, though. Yeah, and I was by Eight myself. Eight hours is about all you want to drive in a day if you're alone. Yes. Yeah, and I was by myself. I I even bought, you know what I did? I bought a burner phone that was Verizon. Like just in case. Because Verizon had the best service. Mm. So, like, in those dead spots in the middle. Because I was driving through the middle of nowhere, you mm -hmm. know. 
because I drove through like Nebraska and Wyoming and all that. But the so the first night, just how it fell, like, you know, eight hours outside of Portland um, was Snake River, Idaho. And that's just where I stopped for the night. And as I was just, okay, exit the highway, you know, find a hotel. I was like, do, 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 driving. And like, I drive over this bridge and I look, I'm like, holy, like, holy shit. shit. And there's like, you know, scenic overlook or whatever. So I pull over and I'm just like, oh my God, what is this place? Like it so looks Snake River. It was Snake River Canyon. <laughs> it looked like a, a painting or something. Sure did. Like, and especially... It looks like that on video, so I can only imagine what it looks like in real life. And I had bought a digital camera right before leaving. This was 2012. I know. This is almost 10 years ago. You had a camera separate from your phone. But what I'm so glad of is that I had it because it took some really gorgeous pictures. They did back then. Way better than cell phones. Yeah, at the time, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just... It blew my mind because the... The scenery on the East Coast, there is some gorgeous scenery. It is mountain right. scenery. Yeah. It is beaches. But it's it is, different. In it the is Midwest. extremely different. Yeah. It's not canyons. Yeah. It's not um, deserts. It's not badlands, stuff like that. So, I t- yeah, I took a ton of pictures. I was just, and I at one point, like, I just stopped. I, you know, stood at the bridge and looked over. And I remember standing there for several minutes. This was before I left. I went back before I left, took pictures and stuff. And I remember standing there and just being like, just soak this in for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, you may never see this part of the world again. Like, this is gorgeous. And you're getting to see it completely unexpectedly. Um, and then also, <laughs> when I had first pulled over, there was like this little building mm-hmm. that was... Uh, it looked like a business of some sort, but I wasn't sure what. I saw. I see all these people come out of the building, like with parachutes and shit. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> and they They're all. Base and then I just watched them yeah. because they like went to the gate and then started fucking and then jumping. jumping. I did not know that Snake River Canyon is like one of the most famous base jumping locations in the u.s until you told me yeah until you told me the story for the first time like i made the connection because i used to watch that shit all the time and it's Mm. like i know exactly what bridge you're talking about Mm. there's there's literally like a ramp for them to walk out on and fucking jump off yeah like fucking maniacs it was it was bonkers it was pretty bonkers i was like (laughs) what are you guys doing like trying to stop them I, I will admit, for a hot second, I was like, well, if this may be the only time I'm here, should I consider base jumping? But I knew, of course not. They're not going to let you. Well, plus, I am I would never do anything no, like that. That's just not my thing. So, I wouldn't either. That's but nuts. I, I will say it was, because I thought I was going to be in the middle of Podunk, Idaho. Cause like, well, I, was, I mean, you kind of were, but yes, you were in like one of the coolest parts of Idaho. One of the most Podunk, beautiful parts. Idaho were, and that's yeah. the thing that I definitely learned. Like, being from South Florida, I am a snob. <laughs> totally get it. I look down on a lot of other places geographically because South by Florida's a, very cool. By a lot of other places, she means everywhere else. <clears throat> yes, basically. <laughs> but, like, for just in terms of natural beauty... The West is hard to beat. Sure. Like, and the Badlands were... I, mean, I, I honestly were, wouldn't know because I've never really been. We'll do it. The yeah. Badlands were breathtaking. But ju- then just like, you, oh, you think you're in the middle of nowhere. And then it's just like, where where did this come from? You know, yeah. it, it was it was really... 
it helped kind of knock me down a peg snobbery wise to just be like, you know what? Sometimes the middle of nowhere is really gorgeous. Did you feel that way about the Thousand Islands? Well, that but didn't it, feel but like the middle of nowhere, but it sure. was very beautiful. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The Thousand Islands were gorgeous. Niagara Falls, as much as touristy as it is, those mm. falls are damn yeah. beautiful. Yeah, you can't take your eyes off it. Exactly. There's a reason that's a tourist spot because mm-hmm. it is that beautiful. It really, really is. And you can't like you can't get the scale of Niagara Falls mm-hmm. until you see it up close because mm-hmm. you're like, holy fuck. The one thing like, I was... like dumb motherfuckers have tried to go down this thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For, um, also, Washington State and Oregon, gorgeous. Mount Hood, I saw from multiple angles as I drove away from Portland. Um, yeah, the Idaho ended up being gorgeous. Montana's kind of cool. Sure. Uh, Wyoming, I stopped in Cheyenne, and that was an interesting place. I mean, first of all, you hear about Cheyenne. Tiny little place for being a capital city, but it's Wyoming, you know. But also looked kind of like a western town, a little bit. Sure, why not? Um, Nebraska, I'm so sorry to any Nebraskans. That place was boring as fuck. Like, it was flat the whole damn way, and all you see is just fields. It was hard hard to stay awake driving through Nebraska, I will tell you that. But then I, you know, went down through Missouri. Missouri's actually pretty cool. I liked Kansas City. I liked St. Louis. Kentucky is sort of low-key gorgeous. Yeah, I've driven through Kentucky. It's really nice. Yeah. And it's, even, it's just rolling hills everywhere. And even West Virginia. And everything's very green in Kentucky. I yes, that. and the bluegrass is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But West Virginia, though it's terrifying because there's only rest stops like every 200 miles or something. It ridiculous. is. It is it's, really it's pretty. pretty. The mountains of West Virginia are really gorgeous. It is pretty so. until you need to stop and get gas. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so all apologies to Nebraska, but that was probably my least favorite place to drive through. Everything else was pretty cool. All right. But Good times. That's the, it is pretty wild, you know, being from the United States, we don't realize how much diversity, topographical and geographical diversity we have compared to a lot of the rest of the world. So imagine you're seeing... <coughs> Snake River Canyon for the mm-hmm. first time. So imagine in your mind, like, you automatically think... Let me jump over What it. if I tried to jump this? <laughs> Not even jump like, down in a parachute. No, no, like, no, 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 jump over <clears throat> Oh, my goodness. Where did he we're, jump we're, over? We're going to get into all that. that? Okay. Yes. But, like, imagine, like, that being the first thought in your head. Like, in that, Sick in that, the head. And that was Sick legitimate. in the head. We're going to get into when he sees it for the first time. That's legitimately, like, the first thing he thinks. And he's like, oh, what if I tried to jump this? <laughs> Sure. Didn't he have a kid named Bobby? He did. I'm not going to get into them at all. But, but yes. he was a little he had, bit he of a daredevil of, person, yes. too, right? He had oh, a daughter, okay. too. Okay. Who also did stunts. Does. I think they both still do. Oh, okay. I don't really get into them at all. That's so, fine. I, yeah. just, I, I just realized that, yeah. So we are into uh, preparing for the jump. Okay. So just as what we were talking about, while flying home from a tour in 1971... Knievel saw the Snake River Canyon through the airplane window. Oh, yeah. And began thinking of how to jump across it. Jeez. Not, <laughs> oh, this is so beautiful. No. Let, let, me, take, let me take a Polaroid of this, because right? remember, it's 1971. <laughs> All the Polaroid's going to get is the glare from the window, mm-hmm. and you're not, but anyway, you're going to try anyway. But yeah, he's like, let me jump this. I wonder if I could jump that. Like, how, what the fuck? Like, something, something is something's off. off in that head, Yeah. <laughs> Probably all the falls he took before. <laughs> and he'd taken quite a few by, yeah. ni- by 1971. I wonder how many bones he had broken by that point. Oh, we're, we're going to get into oh, that good, as well. Good, good. Not the total number, but... 
in for this. Yes. <laughs> so to meet legal restrictions, uh, he leased 300 acres of land just east of Twin Falls, Idaho. Oh, okay. On, on both sides of the canyon. Oh, so to um, to clarify, that is where I was, was Twin Falls. Oh, nice. So I you said, were... I said Snake River, Idaho, that's not a place. Yeah. It, it was Twin Falls, Idaho. So that's were, where I stopped overnight. You, mm-hmm. you were in the area of yes. the jump site. Yes. So he leased land. On both sides of the canyon. Okay. Because he needed to have legal rights to do it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, get this. So, now you know he's famous for jumping motorcycles, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> so he leased uh, land on both sides of the canyon uh-huh. and set to work building the 180-foot-tall launch structure for the experimental rocket he would use what? to make the jump. <laughs> so, excuse me, this person not only said, let me jump this canyon, let me jump it in a, in, in a rocket? rocket that we're going to build from scratch. Only, like, we're, we're going to do that. And this was 71, he was conceptualizing it, yes. so this was only two years after we had reached the moon. Well, I don't get into that at all, but in uh-huh. researching him, that's part, that's of... part, well, everybody was in the world. Sure, yeah. And that's part of where his, like, they like they went, fucking went to the moon, like, I can go surely, across the snake curve surely I can jump across <laughs> a canyon, you know? Because, I mean, astronauts at that time, and still today, I think, are fucking nuts themselves. Well, you they're have on, to be They're a on a bit. different... Mm-hmm. Plane. You have to be willing to risk a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Literally your life. Yeah. At any given moment. Yeah. So, and that includes when you're training. Like, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, as we've learned from Apollo 1. Yes. So, Knievel hired engineers Doug Melowicki and Robert Truex to build a rocket-powered motorcycle, which, oh, which would what? later, we're going to get into it, <laughs> which would later be dubbed the Sky Cycle, capable Sky of. Sky Cycle. Capable of making the 1,600-foot jump. So that's, like, just over a quarter of a mile. That's how far across this particular part of the... Yeah, sure. It's it's all different shapes, sizes, Sure, of course, because it's a natural canyon. But this was, like, the spot he picked out. He's like, this is where I think I can do it. Okay. So he was trying to figure out what was feasible, Mm -hmm. but still impressive. A rocket-powered motorcycle. Well, it doesn't... That's just the the initial concept. concept. Okay, okay. So... After the first test run saw the sky uh, saw the sky cycle crash, Ooh. the team began working on a new model again, just like we all would. We're like, that one didn't work. Let's all walk away because we're all alive still. So they're like, nope, right, let's nope. ma- let's make another one. Let's figure out how to do this. Let's figure out how to make it work. So they built make it work. So they built a new model that was more like like an airplane than a motorcycle. And the model would uh, Knievel uses, which would be the model Knievel actually okay. uses to attempt to cross the gap. Which they named the Sky Cycle X two. So basically, like a. M- it's kind of mini like a mini plane? rocket. Mini yes. rocket plane. Yes. That sounds like such a terrible idea. It's. Yeah, we're gonna. It's get, not good. We're gonna get into yeah. that. Yeah. So this new model would also crash into the Snake River, uh, at an estimated speed of three hundred fifty miles per hour. They, they're just using test dummies and stuff. Okay. There, there's not a person in these things. Or a dog or no. anything like they did with the. So naturally, Knievel was like, "Fuck it." Let's give it a go. What? <laughs> Not even this needs more testing? Nope. Wait, so what had it's, happened to these? Did they crash they crashed, in the canyon? They crashed. Yeah. Okay. Done. And he's like, okay. All right. Well, let me try Let to me try it. Disintegrate myself. <laughs> oh, my God. That's just, that's beyond foolhardy. Uh, that's, like, dumb. Oh, we're going to get into, uh, we're going to get into his what psychology. Knievel was feeling when this, when this whole uh, thing is going on. 
so the custom-built machine sat perched at an almost vertical angle. Oh, wow. Equipped with multiple parachutes to help Knievel land somewhat gently on the <laughs> other side of the 1,600-foot gap. The, yeah, that's the, goal the other is, thing. Even if you cross it, you still got to land. demolish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's why this thing has parachutes. all these parachutes. But, like, parachutes that will deploy? Yes. Okay, okay. With his body having already gone through dozens of surgeries and dozens oh of broken God. bones at this point, just before turning 36... <sighs> Knievel's biggest concern was whether or not his body would be able to withstand the G-force of the rocket during oh takeoff, God. worried he might black out and release the safety parachute yeah. too early. Yeah, and then gently Spo- fall to the end. Spoiler alert. That's what happened. We'll get to that later. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, too, like, as someone who is 37, I myself experienced, like... Once like, you hit like thirty, like I'm getting older, type bullshit. Yeah, there are certain ages where I feel, and it probably changes. It's different for everybody, sure. but for me, thirty, I felt a slight step down. Thirty-five, I felt a step down, and now, like a couple years after thirty-five, it's like, oh, I have like a middle-aged body now. <laughs> so it's it's getting worn out. Yeah, because you know it's just like. Yeah, your bones, your muscles, your everything now the, the, have... They, they, they function the best when you're 18. Right. They have 36, <laughs> in the, his case, years of breaking, not only use, but abuse. Yeah. Severe abuse. I mean, we're so, talking about, by this time, he's already made who knows how many jumps. Yeah. And, or, or not made. Yes. Who knows how many jumps. Uh-huh. And has broken... I mean, he broke his back seven different times. Oh my God. His Back. Back. Like, imagine, like, after the first time being like, oh, I think I can handle this again. And then after the second time, I can handle this again and again. And, and that's fucking, like... What, semi-off topic, what is your, um, or what are some of your, or do you have any, um, I would never want to break this bone. Like, I oh, would you say break probably, your arm, not a huge no, deal, that sort of thing. But I would say probably, like, my... Like my femur. That, that's a big bone to yeah. break, too. Yeah, your femur. And you're in a cast for a fucking long time mm-hmm. when that happens. For, Probably that one. For me, pelvis. Sure. Any, I, just, I mean, I don't want to break know, any. I know, nobody wants to. Collarbone? Yeah, that'd be pretty that's brutal. That's a rough one. I've had a separated shoulder before, so Ugh. I... Obviously, it's not a broken clavicle mm-hmm. or collarbones, but I kind of know what it feels like to that part of your body just all of a sudden not function properly mm-hmm. and being like something's wrong and any part of the back although neck yeah because you can't under you can't certain survive circumstances sure. survive breaking yeah. your neck yes you can yeah like just just your, it's, your... The, it's like the old wives tale if you break your neck you'll be paralyzed that's that, that's not true it, it completely depends it on depends the injury, on yes. where mm-hmm. it happens all sorts of shit yeah but it, to me it's always like could i function enough to use the bathroom on my own <laughs> I can, you know, I'm, I'm you with know? you. Like, can I go to the bathroom by myself? And in a pel- I don't, like, I don't want a to. pelvic yeah. fracture. Yeah. A collarbone, you could, but it just, at least my understanding, at least back in the day, was that when you broke your collarbone, you had to have one arm sort of pinned to it to help stabilize it. I have no anyway, idea. I, I just don't want to break anything. <laughs> no. I... Is this real wood or is it? It's MDF. Eh, whatever. I'll just. I'll That's also on, MDF. I'll knock on two of them. <laughs> It'll become one. Yeah, I've I've had plenty of sprains and uh-huh. uh, shit like that. Um, Have you ever 
broken I've a book? never had a break. Wow. Not once. Technically. I've had, I've had, like, I just, I have had a separated shoulder. Mm-hmm. I've had sprained wrist. I've cracked a rib. But Gotten decked in the head with a... Stitches in my head mm-hmm. four different times. The puck. <laughs> yes. Um, I technically broke my thumb when it was smashed. I probably, you know what? When I was, like, 21, I think mm-hmm. I did playing, mm-hmm. playing pickup basketball. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have insurance at the time, yeah. and I was 21. Just let it heal. And I just let it heal. But I, it was probably broken, because yeah. I remember the the bruise went, like, all the way around, Ooh. like, the base of my thumb, like, on my well, hand. And you can sort of self-heal from the yeah. hairline fractures and yeah. stuff, so you never know. Yeah. It was definitely, yeah. <laughs> at, at best, it was a sprain. Yeah. A bad sprain. <laughs> but it was probably a break. Yeah. If I had gone to the hospital, I might have found out. Yeah. But as the state of our healthcare is in this country, I was like, no, I'll just, I'll get through it. I'm 21. I'm fine. I was. Yeah. Aside from that, the most traumatic, well, again, traumatic uh, injuries I've had, I I had to have my wisdom teeth out, but that wasn't like an injury. It was elective, but, and then my trigger finger had surgery on, but, um, poor, same poor thumb that got smashed when I was five, but. Imagine like, imagine like telling these stories to Evil Knievel. Oh, I know. And him being like, that's... You're pathetic. And like, You're that's, pathetic. Like, no, he'd be like, that's fantastic. I broke my back seven times. And, and I still... And I still went out and made jumps. You little <laughs> shit. Like, I will eat you and shit you out. And that's probably what he would do. You cannot exchange war stories with Evil Knievel. Fuck no. Not even, like, actual war <laughs> like veterans literal probably war. could. <laughs> like, unless like, you're missing like, a limb, don't go talk to Evil like, Knievel. They were like, where we're getting paid, like, and having, like nine years of training to jump out of a fucking airplane and land right, in a war right, zone. Uh-huh. Like, you were just fucking doing this shit. You were building... fun. <laughs> Let's build our own rocket, guys, and go across, like, like literally, like, you're doing... It's it's the... What is it? The, like, white people are so comfortable they have to make up their own problems right. to fucking... Right, like, yes. it's, it's, it's kind of that. <laughs> it's some white people shit, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> right? It's like, shit's not dangerous enough for you, so you have to make your own danger. Oh, my God. Yet... And in that process, make your own, you know, fears and right. Create your own <laughs> create challenges. your own problems. Yes, Bef- way before uh, the internet. So he's like, you know what? This didn't work, but I'm cool with there not I being a it. successful hey, test. No that problem. last, that last one, it was close enough. <laughs> close enough for government work, as my grandpa used to say. Yeah. He's like, I. He's like, I just signed, and he probably didn't. There's no way, like, any life insurance company offered no him any policy no they were way. like if you want a policy it'll cost you a million dollars a month right <laughs> you might as well just save your money <laughs> yeah so i doubt he had one of those either did you know they used to sell life insurance at airports that doesn't surprise me yeah you could like go to the counter and buy life insurance it's, it's kind of ominous it, it'll instill confidence <laughs> not, in the aviation gonna, industry I'm, right i'm definitely not gonna do it at the airport right i'll do it when i land <laughs> 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 you know, I'll be like, that was good. Jinx. <laughs> yeah, I'll get it now. Yeah, no shit, right? Now we're on to the jump. Or <laughs> the the, attempt. the attempted jump. We're on to the attempt the of attempt. the jump. Of the jump. Yeah. So ABC's Wide World of Sports didn't want to pay Knievel's price to air the event, so he turned to boxing promoter Bob Arum oh. instead to broadcast the event in movie theaters nationwide. Like a pay-per-view sort of a thing? In a sense. Like a very, very early version of it. And I know I stated earlier that this event was on Wide World of Sports. We will get back into that when we wrap this up. Gotcha. So, Would it be simulcast? We're going to get into that all right here. Okay. So Vince McMahon, 
Yes, that Vince McMahon of WWE fame, the owner of the WWE. Is he still around? Oh, yeah. Really? He's still alive. Yes, he is. And still roided up and crazy. Jesus. So Vince McMahon invested in the event as well, but everyone involved would end up losing money, except for Knievel. Really? And except for Aram, like... But Vince McMahon really loses his ass on really? this. Really? Yes. All it, this is the this is the moment where it could have just literally went completely sideways for McMahon, and we'd never hear from him again. Oh, how funny! So Evil Knievel almost did him in. Uh, to an extent, yeah. yeah. To an extent. So now we're going to get into so the event is listed on ABC's Wide World of Sports broadcasting schedule, okay. along with ratings for the event. So my guess is this. Uh-huh. So due to the initial money loss for the stunt, ABC most likely came in and said, hey, because this is, you got to remember, this is 1974. Yep. People have heard about this, uh-huh. but unless you went to the movie theater or were there in person, you didn't see it. So, yeah. So ABC, knowing that these guys lost their ass, yeah. probably came in on the back and was like, hey, because they know, like, uh-huh. we can lowball these guys just to make them, just to get them to a point where they at least break even. Okay. Lowball them. We'll get to the rights of this. We'll broadcast it and make a shit ton of money because at this time, you're talking about you have four or five television channels to choose from. It'll be a lot easier to get a better viewership from one of the four major networks. And if I'm any person in 1974 and you tell me, hey, later on today on ABC, Evil Knievel is going to try to Mm -hmm. jump across the Snake River Mm -hmm. Canyon, I'd be like, I'm going to watch that. Yeah. (laughs) But, so, this was before it was actually aired? Before the... I'm guessing ABC's airing of it probably took place, like, a couple weeks after it already happened. Oh, okay. So, this was not a simulcast, necessarily. No. Although, I'm it's not even sure. a tricky to... I'm not even sure a simulcast was possible in that day. Live, live it probably was. Were, yeah. It was, but it was probably simulcast on radio, if anything. It wouldn't be simulcast no, no, across, like, other platforms. No, no, they had live broadcasts. No, no, but a simulcast is multiple ent- entities doing a broadcast. Oh, okay. Sorry. I guess I meant a yes. live broadcast. Yes. But, um... So it's a little fuzzy as to exactly how this happened. But you said, no, Wide World of Sports showed it as is, having aired when? Uh, on their schedule, and it uh-huh. showed ratings for the event. It's what one of their... date? On, not on the... I don't think it was on the actual jump date, okay, but it, so it is on their ske- okay. broadcasting schedule. So apparently it didn't really make the news, or if it did, people wanted to see it fail. Well, that's probably what it was. Because it already happened. Because they yeah. were probably just like, like exactly, like, obviously I don't know what happened. I mm-hmm. did try to find out how they wound mm-hmm. up broadcast, but there mm-hmm. was no information on it. So my, being in that industry here and there, uh-huh. my best guess is like, ABC knew that they kind of lost their ass. They're like, here... Here's the money to make you whole so we can get the rights. And we'll, we will make a bunch of money because we are lowballing you here. Absolutely. Yeah. Fucking absolutely. Gotcha. So I'm, I'm guessing that's exactly what happened. Gotcha. So I wonder how the people who, the the five people or whatever who went to the movie theater to see it. It was well. about 500000 actually. Okay. We'll, we'll get into that. Gotcha. So Knievel's guarantee for the stunt was $250,000 plus a portion of the gate after Bob Aram, okay. Aram's Production company Top Rank got its cut. Okay, so he was guaranteed a quarter million. Yes. Which at this point is over a million. Oh, easily. Like, it's if gotta you be. adjust for inflation. Yeah, got it. Um, and once the distributors got their cut, he he's going to get a cut. piece of the gate. But even if there was no, if even if there was a loss on the views, he'd get his guaranteed quarter million. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. A presumably inebriated Evil Knievel what? would then make his appearance on the site of the canyon. 
Elvis-inspired jumpsuit and walking cane with a handle filled with wild turkey in tow. So he carried oh around God. a cane. So this was his, a flask, a cane flask. Essentially, the top part of it was a handle, like a horseshoe type handle, oh my, and he uh, could unscrew it and you know do a little wait, do a little wild turkey. Was this a normal thing for him? That was like he, part of his yes, that was, was that like part would, of his thing. He would drive drunk, essentially. Or in this case, like rocket ship rocket drunk. Ship. <laughs> Which is probably the best way to do it, I'm guessing. This is if you're terrible. About to, <laughs> if you're about to die. What a horrible idea in every possible sense. This is so, all, this so, is also a different time when no, what, where people like worked when they were drunk. I don't know why. That doesn't sound like fun at all. Drunk driving was a not in nineteen seventy. I think it yeah. was, but you had to be like. Hammer. Like I can't even stand up, fucking falling down drunk. Yeah, there was no breathalyzer. I don't, no, you know. I doubt it. And there was probably like, and it was also at the time where, because this would be like, the generation that grew up ahead of me, uh-huh. and I've heard their stories. This is also at the time where if you got busted drunk driving, the cop would just follow you home, right? Just make or sure or just say, hey, we're gonna park your car over here and I'll take you home. <laughs> like it was, it was that, you know. You know what? It wasn't it wasn't bringing in the money like it does nowadays. You know what? I yeah, and that's the thing. I How much more effective would it be now? Now, look, I am not condoning drunk driving no. not in the least bit. But what if if you got pulled over for drunk driving, the cop said, "I'm taking you home. I am taking your license." And this will 30 days this or... will be created as a civil issue. Like, where you're forced to go into rehab or, or something, you know? Like, make it a substance abuse issue versus a criminal issue well, sort I, of a thing. Well, what they try to do is both. But they, well, they, they try start, to get money start, off of you. They start yeah. with the criminal first, mm-hmm. and they offer the substance abuse later. Just but, like everything else, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, the criminal system makes the fucking it shit. Make money. money. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of scratch we're talking about. We're talking about, with, with just a DWI alone, think about how many people that employs. Yeah. Bail bondsmen, lawyers... Lawyers have specific practices just mm-hmm. for DWIs. Right. Or, now, or DUIs. Again, not that I'm saying no. that it should be any sort of no. condoned thing. I just wonder if there's a better way to make sure it doesn't happen is, again. And this is also in 1974. Mm-hmm. Everybody still has PTSD from Vietnam. Gotcha. People are driving around oh, yeah. fucking loaded. People are living hammered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would not want to be on the road, like any road at 1030 and there at are night hardly in 1970. No. It's still like a, like, oh, this is cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, he's drinking. Presumably. Well, he's, and he, yes, and you see him on the broadcast, he, like, pulls the Oh, my God, he's publicly little, drinking. Well, this so is 1974. Not even, it's or, not yeah. even like, I'm going to take a couple no. of swigs before I, like, off camera. Just to give you an idea of how common drinking in public was mm-hmm. at this time, even mm-hmm. for athletes, and I think it's... It's uh-huh. fair to call him an athlete. Yeah, in his own right. Fucking like 10 years later, I think 10 or 11 years later, um, Jim McMahon, the former quarterback for the Bears, shows up for the draft with a fucking Budweiser in his hand. Like, just, li- like just like fucking... Just, just a beer. And people were just like, yeah, that's how you show up to the draft. Like, could you imagine somebody fucking doing that today? I mean, I guess... <laughs> it's just he's different... not playing, so it's not yeah. a huge deal. But still, it's Or, the... like, what if they were serving champagne or it's something? Our, our, our future, uh, you know, star quarterback of the franchise just showed up to the draft drinking a beer. Like, we're not drafting that guy. Yeah. It's like what anybody would say today. Or they'd be like, no, we are drafting you, but you've got to do a stint in rehab first. Like, <sighs> something like that. Well, I, yeah. 
I don't know. So anyway, back on to the, the more fun yeah. thing, this fucking crazy event. So he's drinking so, wild turkey. And, and I'm sure he had a little pull to something, you know, just to take the fucking edge off. Yeah. He probably did it before every jump or anything. Just so to be like, kind of maybe more self-medicating than anything. Probably. Yeah. That would be my mm-hmm. guess. Because imagine the mindset of what you're about to fucking do. When you know it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So there's never been thus, a successful test. Thus far, it has not been successful. You're the test dummy. Now you are. And you're a real dummy. Now you're the test dummy. Yeah. So, um, so he shows up, you know, greets, pumps up the estimated crowd of 10 to 15,000. At and this the on-site. Yes. Okay. And they had built, like, like the whole... It's grandstands or something? It was initially supposed to be that way with uh-huh. a whole week of, like, events and stuff like okay, that. Okay, yeah. That kind of never happened. Okay. Which people got kind of pissed off about, which they we'll get into. Not necessarily, but they, but they, yeah, it was, they wanted more than what they got. Okay. And it's kind of weird because you're literally on the side of a canyon. So there's people just like, like, it's not really roped off or anything. There's people just like (laughs) hanging around by Sky Cycle X2. Like, fucking. (laughs) Jeez. That's, that's the one thing. Like when I was, when I saw the, when I was in Twin Falls, I stood on the bridge, which had a giant railing on Mm -hmm. it. Like I was not falling off. No. (laughs) One way or the other, you know. Um, I'm not sure I would want to walk to the edge of that canyon. Fuck no. Without a railing. So yes, yeah, so, so there was an estimated 10 to 15,000 people in attendance, wow. along with an estimated 500,000 people watching in theaters. Okay. In what is a very, now in this instance, it's called closed circuit television. Okay. Yep. Which mm-hmm. is what the thing was when even I was a little kid. Yep. This is like the, it's brand brand new and really shitty in yeah. comparison to what we've got now <laughs> i left it out of the script because uh-huh. it wasn't a, but they were talking about like what it costs just to set up oh yeah their own it's new technology basically. yes they had to have their own microwaves they had to have wow. their own uh, uh broadcasting equipment their own editing equipment So they're going like, through the fcc and all this shit all that yeah. shit and we're talking 1974 so i'm sure just to put it on mm-hmm. probably cost a couple million bucks yeah you know so Wow. Yeah. Now, literally, all we have to do is take a computer out of our pocket, hit a button, and we could broadcast the entire fucking fucking world. We fucking broadcast on Twitch, like, (laughs) with hardly any effort. So that's that's so wild. That's the difference in technology between 50 years. Uh Back then, you needed millions of, literally millions of dollars Mm -hmm. worth of equipment. Now, all you need is a $1,000 phone, and you don't even need that. You could have a $100 phone. Right. You can accomplish the same thing. But, uh, yeah. So you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so he was then hoisted into the experimental Sky Cycle oh X2, which is Again, on like a near vertical, pretty ramp, much. Right? And this is the second <coughs> X2. Remember, there was the original Sky Cycle, but it smashed. didn't make it. Sky Cycle <coughs> X X2.1 mm-hmm. also did not make it. So now we just go for it. So now just exactly that's what you do. I'm just gonna have a few pulls of wild turkey <laughs> and. Why it's not? what you do. Yes. 1974. It's, what, it's literally what you do if you're Evil Knievel. Yeah. Wait, ha, has the fall of Saigon happened at this point? When did the fall of Saigon happen? I think happen? a year later, actually. I think 75? it's 75. Pretty wow. sure. Yeah, pretty sure. So he was hoisted into the... I should ask the, if my uh, parents watched this. They were like 16. They might so. have, yeah. Uh, so he was hoisted in the Experimental Sky Cycle X2 via a crane. <laughs> oh my god. With like a basket attached. It looked almost like a rescue basket. That yeah, goes okay. Up in. Uh-huh. And they... Get him towards the cockpit and lower him So you watched this? Mm-hmm. You watched the rockets? 
Uh, and the anticipation of the jump took hold of everyone witnessing the event. Did they fall silent? Quote, the rocket ship, this is, oh, what, this is what the promoter calls it. Yeah. Quote, the rocket ship had a dead man switch, unquote, Aram okay. recounted to Sports Illustrated. The guy's name is Bob Aram, A-R-U-M. Okay. So it kind of sounds like one word I'm saying. Bob Aram. Bob Aram. <laughs> Bob Aram. Aram. Gotcha. Uh, recounted to Sports Illustrated. Quote, if he got the rocket to the other side and he blacked out, the switch would give way, the parachute would come out, and okay. he would land. Okay. But he was so nervous. He kept saying he was going to get killed. His hands were shaking like crazy. And this is with Unquote. the booze. Yes. Unquote. <laughs> At approximately 3.36 p.m. He just needed to not do this at all. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. He did need weed. But to, the weed would have been <laughs> yes. like, you know what? Maybe yeah, this isn't know, a good idea. You know, yeah. This is one of the few people who would have been saner on weed. Yes, because he would have been more paranoid Mm -hmm. and it might have stopped him. So at approximately 3.36 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Okay, so this is the middle of the afternoon on a Sunday. Mm Mm-hmm. The launch took place at the south rim of the Snake River Canyon just west of Shoshone Falls with the canyon walls descending roughly 500 feet. Oh, my God. It it is dramatic. Not only does he have to clear side to side 1,600 feet, it's a 500-foot drop well, on top of that. Well, and he's going up, mm-hmm. so it's actually a much greater drop, because he's launching up. True. It's probably twice that height Yeah. Now. Yeah. It's probably yeah. a 1,000-foot drop at this point. Oh, my God. So this is another instance of it's not the person who comes up with the idea, it's all the people who support it. But I'm guessing it's Evil Knievel, like, when he comes up with something, you just do it. Like, he's just going to somehow make it happen. Well, he and he was coming off of three successful yes, stunts, right? Yes, he was. Right? Yep. So... Sort of had a streak go. Yeah, he's like, yeah, we're rocking and rolling. I didn't even break Jesus. any bones on that last one. <laughs> that was not one of the seven times I broke my back. No. The steam that powered the engine was superheated to a temperature of 500 degrees Fahrenheit oh or 260 degrees Celsius. I know how warm, uh, being in purification, uh-huh. I know how warm 70 degrees Celsius is. Yeah. Because that's usually the temperature we had to have the water at to get the effect of what we were doing. Uh-huh. 70 degrees Celsius, let me tell you, is fucking hot as shit. Just, somebody, just standing next to it. Didn't somebody at your work years ago get hurt? That was from of... that was from steam. It wasn't from the water. But that which but is the worse. The steam of the water. No, they were going through it was It was a different thing. Yes. Okay, okay. But still, but, yeah, hot water's but no joke. I can tell you how fuck I mean, I'm standing like ten feet away from the tank and I can still feel how fucking hot it is. And that's only seventy degrees Celsius. Yeah. And this is so, how much? Two hundred and sixty oh, degrees. Jesus. So the Droge parachute, which is a specific type of parachute designed for deployment from a rapidly moving object. Okay, so it's meant (laughs) to quickly slow a rapidly moving object. Okay, well, I mean, at least it's the right kind of parachute, but still. So the Droge parachute prematurely deployed as the SkyCycle X2 left the launching rail. While it it was launching. Yes. Like, about, like, once it got going. Okay, yep. But it's it, not supposed it leaves, to immediately because no. it needs to clear exactly. that. It does leave the launching pad and then okay. the parachute pretty much opens up right then. So, But this wasn't Knievel's fault? It, it was just not. like triggered? It was a malfunction. Okay. So the uh, yeah, so the Drudge parachute uh, prematurely deploys as the SkyCycle X2 left the launching rail, which induced significant gr- drag, yeah. which is important. So even though the rocket made it all the way across the canyon really? to the north rim... The prevailing northwest winds oh, no. caused it to drift back oh. into the canyon. <laughs> 
so, so, so <laughs> he made it sort of, but not really because he didn't actually make it to the other side. He made it and then got pushed back <laughs> yes. by the wind. Essentially, yes. Actually, not essentially. Oh That's exactly what happened. So, oh, but okay. So, if the parachutes had deployed at the proper time, it wouldn't have gotten carried away with the wind like well, that. Well, here's the other thing, which I also theory. read. Like, we don't know, yeah. like, if it hadn't deployed then, if it would have deployed at all. Like, what would have happened if he landed? It's May you know, I say nobody knows. That I'll bet you anything. The one thing they didn't factor in was the fucking wind. I bet oh, I'm they- sure. No, I'm sure they did. No. I'm sure that it's a jump across a gap. Yes, but I- outdoors. They definitely factored in the wind. But, but the parachute it wasn't supposed have been to a fucking rogue gust. But the the parachute. Here's the thing. The parachute wasn't supposed to go off when it did. No, I understand that. But they should have accounted for that. Well, if they like, account, they really should have. But they have account for that. Then the equation is we're not getting across. You know what I mean? N- no, the equation is if there are gusts over a certain amount, we don't launch until those gusts are well. I mean, that, down. that that might have been something they considered, but again, because the parachute deploys when it does, the wind just takes it naturally. I get it. I'm still just saying they were dummies they, and they should have. I understand. Better. That's the, all I'm saying. But there's no way they didn't account for the wind. They had, okay, they and had that's fair. Win. But I'm just saying that like they didn't do it right. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> correct, correct. They, they did not do, do it right. right. <laughs> that's yes. It was just all that, went that, sideways. That is an accurate statement, considering what the fuck happens with this whole shit show. So it gets across, <laughs> and the wind just just like moves eh, it back. Now, is it like a gentle? It's just like uh, kind wafting? of, kind okay, of. So this is not. It's not like a violent. No, okay. it's just like. Eh, Let's not get over that just yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, I mean, we're talking 1974 production, yeah. so the production is just shit because it's. Shit. I don't even know how you're what, what I'm watching because it's because <laughs> it's, it's fuzzy. Pretty and... much, it's definitely not HD. We'll have to watch it afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I want to see it. Um. So. So yeah, the rocket basically makes it across, doesn't land, but just gets pushed back. <laughs> Basically, almost to where it started from. Really? So it made so, it almost across the canyon again? And then back across, yes. Oh. So by the time the rocket hit the bottom of the canyon, it only landed several feet from the water on the same side of the canyon what? from which the rocket had been launched. Oh, that's so pathetic. Knievel would later state that if the rocket had landed in the water, he would have drowned due to a harness malfunction, oh. which kept him strapped in the vehicle oh, and, as he was unable to get out. That's a lot of malfunctioning. Yes. Probably due to the fact they Probably, only did two... And probably the fact it's a fucking experimental fucking rocket. That they have never done properly. (laughs) No. Prior to this. So he was fucking lucky he lived. And and you know what? And there are probably NASA engineers watching this shit being like, well, let's see. (laughs) Oh, you think this is so easy? Like you could have gone to us and we would have just said no. It's like like being a tax preparer and being like, oh, this is easy. Why don't you go do it? Mm -hmm. You go ahead. You prepare you build your a rocket. taxes. You build I mean, a rocket to jump 1,600 feet. When the IRS feet. sends you the letter, you let me know how it works. <laughs> you out. get a rocket, and you get a rocket, <laughs> and you get to jump, and you get to fail. <laughs> so he didn't land in the water. He did not, thankfully. He would have died Yeah, because of another malfunction. Everything was not working. <laughs> so, and just, just for, like, the, the cherry on top, he was pulled from the craft by several people who used canoes to get to him. Oh my god! It's not clear if they were actual security or just attendees of the. They may have just been average like, people. Hey, we're just gonna canoe while he's jumping. All right, let's let's help. Oh, him. Let's didn't help make him. it. Let's go see. If... So Knievel would only suffer minor scrapes and bruises. So nothing. So 
That's he was fine. Not, you know what? That's almost not good. He should have been discouraged from ever doing this shit again. At this point, but if breaking your back seven times didn't at work, this point, what would? Nothing is discouraging him from doing anything. No. Like if he had went to NASA and said, "Hey, do you think you can launch me mm-hmm. into the stratosphere?" Like, they would have said no, but he would have figured out a way to... To do it himself. Yes. He would have been <laughs> fucking Elon Musk now. Like, he... Or except, no, no. No, no, no. Except without no. all the money and just doing janky shit. Like... Yeah, that... Yeah, we're gonna... So, like, not Elon Musk. Well, yeah. It wasn't a great comparison. I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that. So, the live crowd, sensing that the hype did not even come close to matching the expectation of the actual event... <laughs> Can you event, imagine being there and just being like, oh, he made he's it! He's still wait, alive! Wait, what? what he's coming... Huh? Why is he coming Why is back? he alive? No, no, no. Imagine you see him almost make it and then he yeah, gets wafted yeah, back. Too. Just like, what? <laughs> That's true. I would have been impressed just by that. <laughs> so, so they're, they're kind of feeling like, uh, like... This was way too much hype for... Uh, we didn't get the... We didn't, we didn't get, get the, our money's worth. We, we didn't get the ROI. Yep. So they set fire to the event space. What? And theater goers described the event as a ripoff. So they basically rioted? Yeah. People almost literally fall off the fucking canyon. Oh my god. I'm but not nobody even kidding. did? No. Thank god. So it Some could have been a legit close. bad thing. Yeah. Like a death oh, yeah. bad thing. Yeah. I didn't want to delve too far into it because Ugh. none of that actually happened, thankfully. Right, right, right. That's good could have yeah it was a it was a little too risky for yes for to be safe really so the aftermath Knievel would attempt and fail to jump over 13 double-decker buses in Wembley Stadium in London England just nine months later further cementing his legacy so he's on a losing streak now basically well kind of and it continues so while he successfully cleared all 13 buses and again, we're talking the red double-decker Those buses. Are high, yeah. Yes, he crashed when he hit the landing ramp Ugh. at an odd angle, causing him to lose control and suffered yeah. what was thought to be career-ending injuries oh, at no. the time. Like, there's a. This is probably his most famous like physical crash. Okay. Because his body gets thrown around like a fucking ragdoll, and the motorcycle winds up landing on top of him after Ooh. all the insult meet injury. <laughs> yes. Injury meet insult. And it's fucking. And they sh- they show like I've seen pictures of his helmet. Like his helmet saved his life. Yeah. Like he would have yeah, died because yeah. he went like head first oh, into the. <laughs> Man, the <clears throat> brain trauma. I'm sure he had <sighs> anyway. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So, less than five months after that... Because why not? He successfully attempted jumping over 14 Greyhound buses in Kings Island, Ohio. (laughs) Okay. So, the earthen ramp where Knievel launched from is still visible on the Snake River Canyon Rim. Wow. It is about two miles east of the Twin Twin Falls, Idaho Visitor Center. Okay. That's... I'm pretty sure that's where I was. Probably. Yep. The site itself is on private property, but visitors may view the ramp from the visitor center or come with a hundred yards of the site at the top of the Centennial Trail, which originates at Shoshone Falls. Evil Knievel passed away on November 30th, 2007 at the age of 69 in Clearwater, Florida. Still not that old. He had been... No, not really. Yeah. I mean, for what the fuck he was doing... he put his body through, yeah. That's probably... He was probably maxed out Mm. (laughs) by then. His body... What did he die of, do you know? uh, I'm about to get into that. But his body, I'm sure, was like 150 years old at this point. Yeah, very banged up. So he had been suffering from diabetes and pulmonary fibrosis and had trouble breathing (coughs) for years leading up to his death. So chronic issues. Yes. He has several Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah. 
My favorite being the most broken bones in history. Oh my god, which is how much? I didn't see like oh, a, okay. a number. I'm just guessing it was in the hundreds. Yeah. Because I kind of didn't want to know. I'm like, yeah, that, that's believable. Just that, many. That many, he would be many, in the many. Guinness Book of World Records for that, amongst other things. Yeah. Like jumping double-decker buses right. and crazy shit. So on September 17th, 2016, okay. professional stuntman Eddie Braun successfully made the jump oh. over the Snake River Canyon oh my just a few hundred yards from the same spot where Knievel had attempted and failed. Now, what did he use to do that? Knievel was Eddie <laughs> Braun's childhood hero, and he completed the oh. jump in a rocket similar to the specs... Okay, that Knievel used, huh? ...of Evil Knievel's SkyCycle X2 in a craft he named the Evil Spirit. Oh, that's cute. In honor of his hero. But this is like... <clears throat> 40, no, yeah, 42, 42, years, 42 later. years later. So technology is a little different. It is. <laughs> and this prototype, I'm sure they tested everything before he tried it. It's just like, yeah. it looks similar. We are not sending you out no, until this has been done successfully we are not, multiple times. We are not sending you out there on a 1974 Sky Cycle X2. We're going to 42 years later this thing. And we're not going <laughs> to shortchange the testing phase. No, no. Evil is, spirit. That's cute. Mm-hmm. That's actually kind of cute. It is believed he is the only person to successfully jump across the Snake River. Wow. And that, my friends, huh. was the Snake River Canyon jump. That's hilarious. Well, uh, the, what, it turns so, out. I want to watch yes. it. What's hilarious to me is the visual I'm getting from my imagination of him making it and then wafting eee. all the way back. <laughs> It's like, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Shit. (laughs) No. (laughs) Like in Mortal Kombat. I mean, he's fucking lucky that's the worst that happened. Oh, very. And he just got a little banged up, but nope, not even a broken bone. Not even a broken back. He broke his back doing other things. Yes. Than jumping jumping across the Snake River Canyon in an experimental rocket. Wow. You know, it's really funny is that now explains so much of Happy Days because there were like multiple plot lines where Fonzie jumped various things. Oh, I'm sure it was the shark famously, but also he did do like a a stunt at Arnold's where he jumped in his motorcycle, Mm. clearly mimicking Evil. Oh, of course, because Happy Days was filmed in the right around this time. So it would have been around. Yes, exactly. That's so. It was like mid seventies, like eighty one or eighty two. Yeah, something like that. So puts it into context. Oh my goodness. I cannot put myself in the mindset of a person who thinks no. that any of that is a good idea. But I mean, I've jumped off tall structures right. into water. That's not that scary fucking com- that's nothing compared to this. The risk and, is- and that's and that's about like pretty much as far as I was willing to go. The riskiest thing I've ever done is driven in South Florida. <laughs> Like that. That's it. That's it. Like and there, I'm not saying I was not taking my life into my own hands because that's what yeah, happened. I mean, there was there was a time there. I definitely wanted to try skydiving. Mm. I still might. You never know. I was almost. I, I was willing to consider that controlled skydive at, in Vegas. Sure. I could be potentially. Yeah, that'd be talked that'd, into doing that'd be that. easy. That'd be nothing. You're not jumping out of anything. No, and you're you're <laughs> cabled the yeah. whole way. Yeah. And and you gradually slow down. Yeah, but we couldn't do it that day because it remember it was too windy. Yep. They were like, yep. 
Uh, talk about a place that factored in the wind. That's right. They're like, it's not safe. Mm-hmm. So I I just can't put myself in the mindset of somebody who's like, no, this is cool. But I also get if you've started doing this at a really young age, like your brain has developed with this risk. Oh, yeah. Like in your and you're cool. Doing and you, you don't it. know it. doing well, it. And you just you don't know any different. Yeah. Like, like you're literally on yeah. you're on a wavelength that you're really the only person in the world that feels and thinks these things. Well, I mean, or, really. or, or even if you're not, it's just, it's just interesting what we can become acclimated to, especially if we're introduced at a young age. Like if he's yeah. starting to do weird shit when he's eight and, and all like I've, I've seen Tony Hawk, like, uh, Matt Hoffman, like all the action sports guys that are famous, well made action sports mm-hmm. famous. They were all like, cause they were little kids when he yep. was doing this and they were all like, cause that's when you're fearless, right? Exactly. Or, or like, um, gymnastics and shit because you're so close to the ground it's Mm. not gonna be a huge fall so you get used to doing it when you're that little and then it's not scary when you as you grow you know but that's not shit you can start doing when you're older no real not really like psychologically like after your teenagers not really like you have to start when you're like 10 yeah basically Basically. but yeah they all they all i've seen interviews with all of them saying like oh yeah we used to watch wide world sports when oh wow evil knievel was and Mm. imagine telling somebody in 1974 that Hey, 40 years from now, somebody on a board with wheels is going to be able to jump across this chasm almost. Right, uh-huh. I can't remember where they tried it, but they did... It wasn't Snake River, but they did do it at some really? fucking canyon somewhere. A, a skateboarder. Skateboard. Yes. Just an... Not a rocket-powered skateboard. Just a skateboard. <laughs> I mean, he was taking off from, like, a... Huge ramp, Getting a lot yeah. of speed, but there was no... He wasn't. He didn't have a parachute on yet. Yeah. Oh, jeez. He, he didn't make it across. He didn't make it across. Like, literally yeah. simple as that. Like, you're done. <laughs> yeah. Why couldn't they have given him a parachute to deploy in case? Who? Evil Knievel? No, 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 no. The skateboarder. I, I don't... We're talking okay. about... <laughs> I, now I'm, I'm, I'm analyzing the secondary story. Sorry about that. Anyway, <laughs> thus concludes our uh, Daredevil trilogy. Yes. I guess kind of, right? Because it started with the... The Corvair. Terrible promotional idea. Yes. Um, the death of a legend. Yes. And now into we've the gone failure from, of a we've legend. We've gone from a Corvair to a stock car to a experimental rocket. Yeah. Let's stop at the experimental rocket. Yeah, let's, let's, not, let's not go further than that, shall we? No, that was... Or, that was, or shall we? That was entertaining. You know, sometimes I feel like we do too many lighthearted episodes. Is that weird? Kind of. We found ourselves not... drawn to more lighthearted episodes. Well, I think it's probably because we, we just went through a two-year-long pandemic, which is still kind of going on. That's fair. So. Yep. I mean, we started all good things for a little bit. We did. Maybe we should get back to that. Yeah. We're not into feeling good these days. <laughs> <laughs> Feel good. Is that gorillas? Mm-hmm. Feel good, Feel ink. good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very nice. That's my singing for the day. <laughs> for the episode. So that was the story of the Snake River Canyon Jump. Correct. And this has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm Rachel. I'm David. We'll see you next week.